0: People really struggle with this. And I did too. Like, I can't get rid of that. I paid so much for that. Or it's really nice. And my first response is, so what? And my second one is, you already paid for it. Like, you've paid for it with your money. You've paid for it with your time, with your space, with your attention, with your emotions now, because you're all broken up about getting rid of this expensive thing and you're feeling guilty and bad you've already paid for it. You don't have to pay anymore. And if you continue to hold on, you just continue to pay.
1: Courtney Carver is one of my favorite people I follow pretty much ever. Her book, Soulful Simplicity, really changed how I think about stuff. So I've been on a bit of a minimalistic trend for years, but Courtney's a story I really relate to. An overachiever in work and life, Courtney had developed an autoimmune condition that led her to re-examine her life, and the result led to a more simple lifestyle, which led to a blog, BeMoreWithLess.com, a book called Soulful Simplicity, another book, Project 333, and a whole movement that's brought a lot of people a lot more health and a lot more joy. I invited Courtney to be a guest on my first podcast, Wild Ideas Worth Living, a few years ago, and I had the joy of taking her surfing in San Diego, and we had a blast. I go back and I read her book, Soulful Simplicity, a lot because her messages about having so much more with getting rid of stuff have brought me so much vitamin joy to my life. Courtney has recommended great guests to me for this new show, Vitamin Joy, and it was an honor to have her back to talk about the joy of simplicity and minimalism, emotional and physical, and we even talk a little bit about the joy of sobriety at the start, something I've explored with some other guests this season. This episode is packed with wisdom, so please stay through the end to the Vitamin Joy Challenge. Before I begin, this podcast is supported not only By epic sponsors like Lazy Acres Grocery Store and Viore, who you'll be hearing about in a few seconds, but also by listeners like you who share the show and spread the word and write awesome reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And they mean a lot, so if you get a chance, please write a review. This one from Grant who wrote, Love this podcast. If you join Shelby and actually field testing the vitamin joy recommendations from her guests, you'll see improvements to your happiness and vitality. So thanks to Grant. This one from Tom Fork. Love to listen to this when I need that pick me up in my mood. Shelby always has great energy and her guests generally have some applicable knowledge that helps me battle whatever self-inflicted struggles I happen to be dealing with. Keep it up, Shelby and crew. Tom, I relate to you. I created this podcast for people like me and you. So thank you so much. So before we begin, I'm a big fan of food and I love grocery stores. Lazy Acres Natural Market is my favorite local grocery store right now in Southern California. They started in 1991 in Santa Barbara and Lazy Acres always has the highest quality local produce, grass-fed meats, wild-caught seafoods, and my favorite, an amazing prepared food section with fresh sushi, salads, and an awesome juice bar. They also have a huge selection of vitamins, supplements, and specialty foods you wouldn't find in other places like gluten-free crackers and vegan ice creams and delicious desserts. No matter where you are in your wellness journey, the Lazy Acres team is there to help you find the perfect products. They're also committed to their community and making the neighborhoods they serve a better place. They're part of the 1% for the Planet Network, giving 1% of private label item sales to local nonprofits who share their mission of making the earth a healthier, greener place? You can check out one of the five Lazy Acres locations in Southern California if you're visiting. You'll often find me at the one in Encinitas. You can also check out lazyacres.com for weekly specials, exact store locations, their wellness blog, and more. This podcast is also brought to you by Viore. Viore is a San Diego company I also love who makes the comfiest joggers anywhere. They also make really cute leggings, sports bras, board shorts for men and women, hoodies, tops, and tees. It's pretty much what all of us in Southern California wear on the daily to check the surf, get coffee, run in and work in. And what I love about them is the crew who founded and run the company, they're all about making an investment in happiness. Which means you can feel good about the things you buy from them and how they're made and how they contribute to a healthier planet. So for our listeners, Viori is offering 20% off your first purchase. You can get some of the most comfortable, versatile clothing on the planet at VioriClothing.com slash Shelby. That's V-U-O-R-I Clothing.com slash Shelby. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but you'll enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Just go to VioriClothing.com slash Shelby and discover the versatility of Viori Clothing. I'm Shelby Stanger and this is Vitamin Joy. All right, Courtney Carver, welcome to Vitamin Joy.
0: I am so thrilled to be here and I mean that because I've missed you a lot.
1: You're so sweet. So I took Courtney surfing for another podcast we did with Wild Ideas Worth Living, and she was just a total stud. You did some it. Some
0: call it surfing. Some <laughs> call it drinking a lot of ocean water, <laughs> but it was a blast. I have. I was so invigorated after that day, and my arms were like jelly for three days.
1: Well, I can't wait to return your arms to jelly um, and take you surfing again soon. So I love everything you talk about. In your blog and your books, um, and I've turned so many people onto them. And this podcast, you know, Vitamin Joy is about giving people doses of joy. That's like a vitamin, so it has to be easy to take, accessible, affordable. And all of your tips really do that. They're like taking a vitamin, and they bring you so much more joy in your life. So, the podcast today, I wanted to focus on the joy of minimalism, and I want to talk about how living with less has brought you so much joy, but. One of the things you've been talking about a lot on your blogs and in your posts has been living with less alcohol and the joy of sobriety. And today I posted my oldest sister celebrated 16 years of sobriety. And, you know, alcoholism runs in my family. I just did another podcast on sobriety. And and you know, you've chosen a different kind of sobriety. It's not like you were addicted to alcohol, but you chose to cut it out. And I'd love for you to talk about how much of an impact it's made for you.
0: Sure. Well, it's really changed my life in many profound ways. And I always think it's interesting how simplicity or minimalism really works on you because there have been times where I thought, oh, now I'm done. Like I've decluttered my entire house. Now I'm my life is much simpler. And then there will just always be this other layer and another layer because I keep making room to see what's working and not working in my life where before... It was just so much you didn't know or I didn't know. And so you're just kind of in the weeds and you can't see what is working or not. And I used to think that alcohol was a great stress reliever. I thought it was delicious and fun and loved to drink on vacation and have nice wine with dinner. And again, I thought it kind of took the edge off after a stressful day. And I realized long before I stopped drinking that it also added stress. So there was always that little bit of me that was like, was that me talking or the alcohol talking? Like, did I just commit to doing something because I was drinking or because I wanted to do that thing? And so there was some blurred lines there. And then over the years, it's just gotten harder and harder for me to be hungover. Like I am just not a good person hungover. And I started to think about all the time that I was losing, not to mention the money that I was spending on drinking because I didn't like to drink um, cheap drinks or cheap wine. I liked the, the good stuff. And in January 2019, I took a trip um, with my husband. We went to Austin and it was like a three-day getaway. And we hadn't been away in a while and we were living it up and having a great time and uh, drinking and dancing and going out for dinner. And on the way home, like the last day, I was really hungover and I thought, I just need to take a break. So I won't, I'm just not going to drink for a bit. I didn't intend to stop permanently at that point, but that's exactly what happened. I just never went back. And I think about a hundred days in is when I thought I probably won't drink anymore. Wow. And then the lessons really started to come out. Like I really started to see how great I felt not drinking, um, where before... There had been plenty of times where I would stop for 30 days and then on day 31 I'd be really excited to have a glass of wine or a cocktail but I just went longer this time Um, and some other things I think kept me going without too much stress or even missing it but and I know this isn't the case for a lot of people so I don't want to like paint it to be this really easy pretty thing but I just haven't had any craving or desire To drink since I stopped.
1: That's awesome. And you said like of all the things you've done. I mean, you've done a lot of challenges. You know, you've gotten your wardrobe down to thirty three items. I'm sure you've decluttered your house. You know, you've got digital declutter, emotional declutter. You said this is like the biggest bang for your buck.
0: For sure, it just made such a difference in terms of knowing myself better, being more myself all the time. Where I feel like having a couple of drinks was like permission to kind of opt out. And even though, you know, two glasses of wine wasn't, you know, I wasn't wasted, but I was like, the edges were blurred. I was more relaxed. If that's the right word, it probably wasn't really, but that felt like that. Everything felt a little bit easier, but I wasn't me. I mean, obviously alcohol changes your brain chemistry and your body chemistry and I wasn't myself. And for someone who talks a lot about wanting to live an intentional life and wanting to be true to myself, that was in direct conflict with drinking.
1: Any tips on like how to start if, you know, you don't have to be addicted to alcohol and like need to go to AA. I have so many friends that are just doing like sober January and then it just keeps going and I've dabbled in it. I'm not going to say I've, I've done it yet. hundred percent. I, I, I drink like a shot glass of wine. And if it goes over that, like I am a mess and I hate it. So I only do it if I'm like really happy. I'll never do it. If I'm depressed, it doesn't work. It makes everything 10 times worse. Or if I'm anxious. And then, you know, when I'm in Costa Rica, sometimes I have a margarita still, but you know, any tips, cause a lot of people want to do this, including myself.
0: Yeah. I mean, the number one thing I recommend is reading a book called This Naked Mind mm. by Annie Grace. I had read it before, and then I reread it during this, like these hundred days of really making the decision to leave alcohol for good. Uh, but it really is an interesting book. And I don't know how it works, but it, it just will work. It will likely work on you. Interesting. So, awesome. It's a, It's an interesting book to read. Uh, and then for me it really helped not having to label it and not having to like guilt and shame myself into it like identifying you know do I have an addiction problem am I an alcoholic all I had to ask myself over and over and over again is is this adding value to my life is this creating the kind of life I want to live and the answer is no it wasn't and so that was enough for me, but. I mean, it took me many, many years after beginning that questioning process to really get to the heart of that because I didn't want to let it go for a long time. It was a really big part of my life and my identity and the way that I traveled and connected with people. I'm an introvert, so I'm much much more friendly and outgoing after a glass of wine or after a drink. And I'm great with a couple of people, but I can think of like business conferences and things like that over the years where it was just so much easier and more comfortable for me to be around a bunch of people to be a little drunk.
1: That question, is this adding value to my life? Like, that's something that you can ask everything. Is that how you approach
0: minimalism? A lot of times.
1: Okay. A lot of times. Can, can you tell me what that looks like for you? Um, just minimalism overall. And then I kind of want to get into the specifics of like, your physical minimalism, emotional minimalism, digital minimalism. I mean there's so much to talk about.
0: There are a lot of different ways to look at it and a lot of different ways to approach it and I think it looks different for everyone. I think it's really important to say that because um, if you are, you know, you have a bunch of kids at home or depending on your lifestyle or where you live, it it, it could look different. It's kind of like I almost think this minimalist title or label is a little dangerous, in that it pushes some people away completely, like they don't even wanna look into it because it sounds so awful to them, or once people get into it, they're like, oh, I have to have a certain number of things, or I have to live with, I could never have, or making these really sweeping judgments, and it's not about that, it's really about enhancing your life, adding value to your life, removing the things that remove you from your life, most importantly, so for me, that looked like a bunch of debt. That removed me from my life. I was so stressed about it all the time and worried and you know, would get collection notices and phone calls. And then all the while I was still kind of overspending from time to time, um, or all the time probably if, I, if I'm really reflecting. It was a while ago, so it's hard to put myself back there. But really thinking about that, like when I was shopping and bringing things into my life, I wasn't bringing them into my life to add value to my life. I was doing the shopping to remove myself from whatever was bugging me, whether that be boredom or frustration or because I was pissed off at my job. I was like, I deserve something new and nice and shiny. And that removed me from my life. And so to put that framework around it for me, like remove the things that remove you from your life has been really helpful because it gives me a chance to see things more than just, do I like that? Do I enjoy it? Is it beautiful and lovely? Like those are all great reasons to have things, but are they removing you from your life or helping you live in your life and pay attention to your life and grow in your life?
1: Those are good questions. So it's, it's hard. Like, do we call it the joy of simplicity, the joy of minimalism? I mean, all these words are, you know, it's not not necessarily simple to be minimalistic, but having like a more simple lifestyle having less you can have a lot more
0: yeah i think we can use any of the words but not get too hung up on them like not having to live up to some kind of special model i mean it's the same about alcohol like if everyone waits until they decide they're an alcoholic to stop drinking there are a lot of people continuing to drink who might not want to but they think by stopping and i know i went through this stage like am i then admitting did I have a problem? What will people think about me? You just get really hung up in in that label wherever it is in your life. So use the label as more of an action than a descriptor of your life or who you are.
1: I love that. So maybe you could talk about one of the things you did early on that, you know, your book is still going wild and people are adopting, but I thought this was such an interesting experiment. Project 333. Is it
0: 33 or 333? I, I say 333, but... Okay, 333. It's... People call it all different things, and it's something I still do, which is fascinating to me because it's been more than 10 years that since I started this fashion challenge. And in a nutshell, it's a three-month challenge to dress with 33 items or less, including um, clothing, shoes, jewelry, and accessories, and then not including things like... Underwear, sleepwear, workout clothes don't count as long as you're using them to work out. And then- That's all I own. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to talk about that. I think we'll have to create a special project 333 for yes, you.
1: Yes,
0: yes. Um, but then you take everything else that you have and you hide it. You don't give it away. You don't sell it. You just get it out of sight so that you can sample simplicity mm. with something that we do every day, which is getting dressed. Like, we all do it. Yep. Um. So when I first did the challenge, I thought it would be three months for me and a few blog readers. I had just started the blog that year. And I mean, it's 10 years later, tens of thousands of people have done it from all over the world. There's a book about it now. And it's something that I still do because it adds value to my life. It is helpful for me not to have to make decisions about what to wear every day and to give myself permission to wear my favorite things because even for people who have closets like full of clothes, they're still wearing a handful of things but they have to sort through all of that other stuff that they spent too much money on, somebody gave them but they don't like to wear but then they feel guilty about not wearing it, it doesn't fit their body or their lifestyle, whatever it is and so then we have this like emotional like screw you every day after getting dressed and we don't know why we feel like that. But when we remove all that stuff and we're wearing the clothes that we've intentionally chosen for our bodies and ourselves, I I think people are much happier. Um, Especially those of us who have struggled with like trying to make our bodies fit into clothes when really we should just get clothes that fit our bodies. Like that's such a much easier happier, healthier way to approach
1: it. I've been thinking about this so much. I have an older sister with an incredible sense of fashion. I mean, she's like hangs out with Anna Wintour, that style fashion. And she has an incredible closet full of clothes, but she's like 15 to 20 pounds skinnier than me. She's tiny boned. Like I can be the skinniest I've ever been. I still don't fit into some of her dresses, but she gives me her clothes and they're awesome. But they're like very girly. They're not me. And I'm like, I love her and I'll wear them, but Yeah, I have a closet full of not my clothes. It's been hard for me to say, hey, you should just sell this on the real real or whatever Poshmark. It's better, and you know I've sold something on Poshmark and the real real as well. Um, And it feels really good because someone else, you know, giving away clothes sometimes is hard, especially if it's expensive. Or I have a friend who's, you know, I have a couple friends who are parents are immigrants. And so it's really hard for them to get rid of stuff because their parents put a lot of emotional guilt on them for getting rid of things like encyclopedias. And I'm like, why do you have an encyclopedia set? There is Google. Like this thing is antiquated. And she's like, well, you know, it was so expensive. I was like, it's expensive in 1950. Like, come on. Um. Any advice on what I can yes. say to my friends? Because even not immigrant parents, you know, if your parents grew up. I've so got you on this. Yeah. Okay. Like, cool. people
0: really struggle with this. Yeah. And I did too. Like, I can't get rid of that. I paid so much for that. Or it's really nice. And my first response is, so what? And my second one is, you already paid for it. Like, you've paid for it with your money, you've paid for it with your time, with your space, Storage. with your attention with your emotions now because you're all broken up about getting rid of this expensive thing and you're feeling guilty and bad, you've already paid for it. You don't have to pay anymore. And if you continue to hold on, you just continue to pay. But if you let go of it, then you stop paying for it. So you're just investing more and more and more of yourself into this thing. And then it just keeps collecting like this imaginary value And the first thing you could do if it was a really hard transition is just hide it. And you start to forget about how it feels and how important it is and how valuable and expensive it was. And it just makes it much easier to let go. I mean, a lot of that stuff I didn't even sell because I didn't want to invest any more energy in it. And I knew just even that transactional process was going to be stressful.
1: Lately, I've been donating stuff because I'm like, you know what? Someone else needs this way more than I do. There's a lot of people suffering. That feels really good. I haven't figured out how to donate or get rid of jewelry. Any ideas? Like, what do you do with
0: tchotchke jewelry? I mean, I think it's just probably junk, especially if you're not wearing it. So, yeah, just let it go. And don't like I think people can get hung up on where things should go. Like, let's let's donate it to the very best place And we want to tell ourselves we're doing this so that it doesn't end up in a landfill. But we decided that it's going to end up in a landfill the moment we bought it. Like eventually it's going there. So the key I think is to stop the the behavior of donate, replace, donate, replace, and just let that shit go. And then change your behavior so that you're not continuing to add to the landfill. But don't hold on to that stuff in fear that it it will go there because it is going there. So if you let it go now, you can create some space for yourself to give back in other ways.
1: I have a family that loves to shop like it's a sport and um, they love to give gifts. And I'm always like, Mom, I do not like tchotchkes. I do not like clothes. I do not want a pair of pajamas, but she loves it. How do you kindly tell people you love they just don't want stuff. She's gotten into the habit now where she'll just give me a gift card to a grocery store. And I was like, awesome, I love to eat, perfect.
0: Yeah, I think the word that comes to mind is boundaries <laughs> and and setting them and holding them and then remembering that once you've done that, it's it's not your responsibility to hold on and take care of the things that they give you. You can just let them go. But I think the more... As kind as you can be, but as direct as you can be is really important. And it is hard to find that balance. People aren't going to always like that, but that changes over time. And the more you say it and the more conversations you have about it, at some point it will most likely connect. And again, if it doesn't, the items can come in and you can send them right back out again.
1: I'm sure people ask you this all the time because most people know Marie Kondo. How is your approach different than hers?
0: Well, I think there are definitely some similarities in that she suggests, I think her process is you hold on to things and ask if they bring you joy, and if they do, you keep them, and if not, you let them go. But I think she has more of a focus on organization, Mm. and I am so unorganized- Like living with less really serves me because I only have to find that one pair of sunglasses instead of 10 pairs. So awesome. Um, So living with less means that I don't have to be organized. I mean, organization is such a pretty thing on Instagram and social media, and you can shop your way into so many different containers and color coded everything. But I always say to myself, like, if you need stuff to store your stuff, you have too much stuff. So take a breath. You're not going to the container store. You instead are going to let go of some things. So funny. I'm like, Johnny, I love
1: the container store. He's like, you're not bringing a storage container to store stuff that we don't need. You're just going to have less stuff. Or like, we don't even have, we're so many, he's so minimalistic. We don't even have dressers. Or like bedside tables. And we didn't even have a bed. We had a mattress on the floor for five years. And finally, I was like, babe, we're going to buy a bed. We're going to buy bedside tables. They're going to store books. That's it, because I love books. And then we're, we're going to get most of our books from the library, but we get like 20 books from the library at a time. They have to have somewhere to go. And then we set them free. But it's just funny that you said that. Um, You know, digital declutter is something I've always admired. You have a very clean phone. You once posted a picture of your apps. And any tips on just approaching digital declutter. Also, like maybe you can talk about like the broader scope of it because there's so much. There's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's LinkedIn, there's Twitter. And I'm like, I can't be on Twitter. Like it's so useful for my business, but it's another thing. And if you're not
0: invested in it, you, you can't do it. I feel the same. One level of me really wants to be on all of these places and create beautiful graphics for every place Yes. and engage with everyone in every place but as soon as I start to do that, I just get totally burnt out and I don't want to have anything to do with any of it. And so I've kind of come to the conclusion that I'm like, there can be one area of focus for me, which is Instagram. And even that has to be pretty limited, like post something, engage a bit and then get off. I'm not a big scroller. Um, every once in a while I'll do that. And then um, my daughter will send me like a TikTok video and I'll get on TikTok And then I see a couple of cute dogs and some potato recipes. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, it's dark out. Like, what happened? So I generally stay off the scrolling for my own personal enjoyment because I'd much rather read a book or actually know what happened to my time. But I do. So for instance, Bailey, my daughter, handles my Pinterest account. I don't do anything on Pinterest. She just manages that. And that's great. I stopped using Twitter because... It was just so toxic for starters to even get on there and post something. You're like bombed with so many things that you don't want to know about. So Twitter's gone. And then uh, Facebook, I have auto-scheduled most of it. I'm not a great moderator. I mean, that's, again, why living with less serves me. Not drinking is great. And staying off as much social media as possible but I do want some of it. It's good for my business. I mean, there's no doubt about it.
1: Is there other places where you have more simplicity that, that I haven't asked you about that you're really leaning into these days?
0: Uh, I don't know. I, I I think it's, I mean, this last whole last year has been such a wild ride that I think I'm still just processing that and just trying to stay present as much as possible and just kind of watching those places where I might look to escape, whether it be through my work, for instance, like I love what I do and I could spend a lot of time doing it if I wanted to, like it would be a great way to escape. Uh, So just being mindful of that and making sure that I'm paying attention to how I feel, how I'm processing things and how I just am moving through the world. I mean, it sounds like a lot of self-reflection and Uh, I think navel gazing is what other people might call it, but it's important to me. Like, how do I know how I feel unless I'm asking myself and if I'm writing about it and, and how do I know when to shift and make new decisions if I'm not paying attention?
1: That requires giving yourself space and time to do that. I mean, Gabby Reese talked about, you know, sometimes she's like, I'll bury myself in tasks which is like, you know, her way of escapism. And, and I do it too. Like, I'll just get really busy if I don't want to deal with something. I'll just take on 8 million projects and another PR client. And I'll be like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do this article. I'm going to whatever. Um, I catch myself and does it because it doesn't work. Do you like pad your schedule? Is it something I've started to do where I just really pad it? Because if I'm going to work on something creative, I need time to go surfing. That's part of my work. Like, and people hate on me for it. But I'm like, whatever.
0: No, I get it. I think most of work is not working. It's like working on working. So for whatever it is, writing a book, a blog post, doing a presentation, anything requires not working. So yeah, I do. I don't have a, like, I have at least two to three days a week that are meeting free. And I am doing even more saying no, 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 no. Thank you no, 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 thank you. And I love that.
1: Five no's and thank
0: you. <laughs> I finally set an autoresponder on email that basically says all the things I'm going to say no to so that those people won't even expect a response. It's like, thank you for thinking of me. And I, I genuinely mean that. I am grateful. And it's a hard pass because if I do say yes to it all, there, I'm sure there are some great opportunities that I am passing up. I know there are. And I know that it's more important for me to be able to go for a walk, to be able to take my time and have lunch, to be able to whatever I want to do, I want to be able to do it.
1: Your emails are so great because they're so short. I've been working on just like quick Courtney Carver emails. I don't even know if that's your intention or it's just you. You've done it so much, but like, yeah, Ben, we get bombarded all day long and you don't have to respond to people right away. I have people who are like, I got to answer
0: this call. I got to respond to this email. And I'm like, no, you don't. That is so important. So I have always been one to respond to everything until I set this autoresponder. I mean, even requests that were like, "In in what world? Like somebody being like, I read your blog and I thought we'd be a really good fit to sell our mattresses. I'm like, okay, clearly you didn't read the blog, but I'm still going to respond like in the name of karma or whatever it is to say, thanks, but no thanks. And I, for a long time, responded to every single person who would respond to an article that I wrote. And I felt a great responsibility in that. And I thought it was also a great way to connect and honor that people were reaching out and wanting to connect. And just recently, a friend who I do a lot of brainstorming with was asking me about my day and I said I just have to like plow through a bunch of email and they're like what email I'm like well I have all these responses to this article and they're like you don't have to respond to all of those I'm like no I do and they're like you don't just see what happens if you just don't awesome and now I'm just deleting a lot (laughs) and I'm just sending like well wishes out into the world I mean like thank you I appreciate this no it's, there just has to be more no's if I want to have room for the yes in other areas of my life.
1: I think about it this way. Like if I actually like wrote a letter to someone and put a stamp and emailed them, like that's sort of how I'm handling email. Like would I send this person a handwritten letter back and take that time? If yes, I'm going to respond back. If no, it's it's okay. I mean tons of people don't respond to me. It's fine. Like we can't respond to everything.
0: Yeah. And also like really honoring kind of the ebb and flow of our energy and creativity because we want, like when I first started doing this, I wanted to do the like, okay, I'm going to work from nine to five or eight to four or whatever. And then I'm going to write for three hours on this day and I'm going to do this on this day. And my, my body and brain don't care about that. Like they're like, Oh, you want to do that? So what we have our own plans. So you have to do, (laughs) do it our way. And so if I really get a great wave, I mean, not to do the surfing analogy thing, but if I really get a good wave, I'm going to ride it on the creativity thing. And that means I'm just going to write and, and do it and everything else I don't care about in that moment. And then there are other times when I'm like, what's a sentence like it's not going to happen today, so I am going to read a book or watch an old episode of Gilmore Girls or go for a walk or call a friend and not beat myself up for it and say why aren't you working? Because I'm just now it's the tides out, Love so there's it. no surfing today.
1: <laughs> Love it. Love the surfing analogy, and I, I mean that's basically what I did all of January. The world was in turmoil. I like was very unfocused. I waves were amazing. I'm like I'm just going to use this time to f- surf. I didn't have one billable hour in January. It was like really gnarly. And now I'm like surface flat. The world's in a bit of a better place. And I my creativity is now has room to flow. And I'm so glad I honored. I was a little scared at first. It wasn't flowing at first. But yeah, you have to give yourself that room. I'm really curious where humor fits into your life because part of the reason I did this podcast is, you know, in my own autoimmune. Uh, healing journey. Like I have vitiligo. It's, it's actually, I look red because I just went running, but most of my skin is repigmented. And I've tried everything being vegan, eating raw, eating paleo. Like I tried all the diets, I tried cortisone cream on my face. And like the only thing I've figured out for me is like when I am less stressed, have less anxiety, and massive amounts of humor and comedy in my life has been a game changer. When I laugh really hard with girlfriends, or guy friends, whatever, or at a Saturday Night Live or whatever, I noticed I could eat whatever I want and it like digests really well. And I don't know, I just have more energy the next day, I sleep really well. Humor's big for me. Where does it fit into your life?
0: I love, for starters, just laughing at my own jokes <laughs> in my head. That's like right. I laugh, I'm alone a lot and I laugh a lot. And it's funny because I was on the uh, text chain with some friends and somebody, accidentally did like a laugh emoji on their own post. And then they said something like, I didn't mean to do that. I know we're not supposed to laugh at our own jokes. And I was like, we're not? Because that's literally what I do all day long is laugh at how funny I am. And, <laughs> and so it's very important to me. I love laughter and I so agree with you on the stress thing and have really been rethinking a lot of the diet things. As well, because I've done the same thing, experimenting with a lot of different diets and really trying to pay attention to what fuels my body and what doesn't. And while I do, I do think, I know I'm happier not eating meat, for instance. Totally. Yeah. But I think it could get stressful to keep like blaming your body for having problems. And so if eating in a certain way is causing me more stress, then I'm not going to do that anymore just paying attention to that, which is why I think the simplicity move for me has been so healing is, you know, less to worry about, less to stress about. And, and yes, I mean, laughter for sure. Humor for sure. Speaking of SNL, did you see the, the, I know everyone has seen it because I shared it with my daughter. She's like, everybody. Yes. She's like, everybody's seen it. Was it the Zillow one? It's so
1: funny. I mean, we've been looking at houses like crazy during this pandemic. um, And we're on Zillow every day for probably an hour. So I mean, there's very low inventory in San Diego beachside communities. There's like five houses under a million dollars in all of San Diego and like maybe 10 under two million. It's crazy. Uh, It's yeah, that was funny. Everybody should watch Zillow episode. We'll link to it in the show notes on SNL because it's It's such a great thing. Yeah, humor humor is a game changer, and um, I hope we can all laugh more at more things as we get through this really <laughs> emotional time. Yeah, we're gonna need it. Oh, really quickly. So with food, um, sometimes there's a lot of choices with food. Do you have like an easy way to minimize like or simplify more what you eat for dinner?
0: Uh, well, uh, let me just say overall that I'm doing a lot of questioning around diet culture, and the reason I choose what I choose. And I am still a huge fan of Whole30. Totally. Which I've, I've just, I have just finished a Whole30. Not for anything to do with weight at all. Like I, That's another thing I've given up is the scale. It's been almost two years. I haven't weighed myself. And I'm so much happier for that. I can't believe how much I used to let a number on a scale dictate how I felt about myself that day even though it was always like this two to five pound fluctuation but I would be like a good person or a bad person depending on where we landed so now I don't bother with that but I do notice overall better energy when I'm doing something like Whole30 where and I, I do think it's the sugar but I want to be really careful when I talk about things like that because I also think it's borderline diet culture-y and I don't know how deep that is for me and so I'm unpacking a lot of that now. That's why I don't really write about food, talk about it very much at all. And no, I don't know how to simplify dinner. Every day it's the same thing. Like, what are we going to have for dinner? And I'm like, nothing. I don't even want to ever eat dinner again because I don't want to have this conversation about what we're going to have. (laughs)
1: There's <laughs> a tricky one. Like we just go through phases. I'm like, I wish there was just a way to simplify this, but um I don't I haven't I haven't really answered it. I just know what makes me feel good and it's shifted. You know, there was a long time, 5 years I was 100% vegan and now I'm like I actually feel better eating meat and my skin is better eating meat. And I never thought I would say that. Um it kind of goes against a lot of my beliefs because I like animals, but yeah. So so what's bringing you the most vitamin joy right now in your life?
0: Whew. let's see. Um so I, someone who got rid of a lot of stuff, sold a house eight years ago, have been living in the city, uh, just bought a house. So Congrats. that's one of the reasons I was laughing Zillow. at this little thing. <laughs> um, because we were living downtown in an apartment, five stories up. I was traveling all the time, really happy there. I didn't know if we would ever buy a house again. And then within a week we had coronavirus hit. And a pretty massive earthquake here, mm. which is really unusual for Utah. And we were standing in our living room and we thought the building was collapsing. It was like Whoa. moving that much and ran screaming out of the building and then did dealt with a month of aftershocks. And then with COVID and some people wearing masks, some people not in the building, it got to be very stressful. Yes. And so... We started looking at house rentals. They were ridiculously expensive and started looking for a house and bought one in December. And so wow, being, being in a place where I can like walk outside uh, into my own yard just feels really lovely right now. And even though it's a, a really big departure from what I thought life would look like, I'm glad we had the the flexibility and the openness and the... We don't really give a shit what anybody thinks to do it.
1: So smart. I completely. I live in a condo complex where some people were wearing masks, some people weren't. The surf was closed. People were surfing. It was so stressful. Like I, I, my vitiligo came back full fledged during that time. It sucked, and then it repigmented. But um, yeah, that's why we want a house <laughs> without neighbors.
0: <laughs> your own space. Your own backyard. Um, it's really nice. Although I have to say that today for the first time in eight years, I had to shovel snow and I was like, what am I doing? (laughs) What is this? But I had a fun time with it. Yeah, that's, that's pretty gnarly. Um, I ask all my guesses,
1: if you could give a vitamin joy challenge to listeners, something simple they could do to add more joy in their life using the tools, you know, what is that?
0: I would say the simplest thing you could do right now is grab a bag or a box set your timer for 10 minutes and walk through your house and just fill it with anything that annoys you anything that annoys you or makes you sad you're not giving it away but you're just going to see what it's like to live without it for 30 to 60 days so put it in the bag or the box hide the bag or the box and then if you don't remember what was in it in 30 to 60 days just let it go are
1: you allowed to do it with your husband's stuff <laughs>
0: I thought you were going to say your husband. I was going to say, I don't know how he's going to feel about going in the box. (sighs) Your (laughs) your stuff, your stuff, or you have to ask him. You got to stay focused on your stuff.
1: I I love that. Courtney, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. You bring me vitamin joy. You bring the world vitamin joy. I I love what you're up to.
0: I feel the same about you. Ah, and you have a new podcast. Can you talk about that real quick? Oh, yeah. So my daughter and I have a podcast called Soul and Wit, that brings me a lot of joy. We laugh really hard and have a fun time recording. And honestly, even if we never published it, I would still record with her every week. I'm sure she doesn't feel exactly the same way, but it is a blast. So yeah, soul and wit. Um, and we release a new episode every Monday.
1: So awesome. Um, where should I tell
0: people to find more on you? BeMoreWithLess.com and at BeMoreWithLess on Instagram. Awesome. That was such an epic challenge. So grab a bag or a box, set
1: your timer for 10 minutes, and fill it with anything that annoys you or makes you sad. Then put it aside for 30 days and take a breath. (sighs) I did this, and it felt so good. And then I just donated the dang box and bag. So it's totally out of sight and out of mind, and it feels really good. You can find Courtney Carver at BeMoreWithLess.com and at be more with less on Instagram. Her podcast is called Soul and Wit. It's really good. Courtney, you are a rock star. Come surfing with me. And to all of you, do the challenge. Let me know what you think. The show notes of this episode are at ShelbyStanger.com slash vitaminjoy. That's where you can also reach me or on Instagram at Shelby Stanger. To all of you who made it, this far you are heroes thank you for listening this podcast is edited by my amazing editor jennifer mccord i have audiograms on instagram produced by ariana starkman and it's created by me check out our epic sponsors viore clothing go to vioreclothing.com slash shelby for 20 percent off your order and lazy acres grocery store check out lazyacres.com and go into one of their amazing little local locations if you're in Southern California, because they are great. So to all of you for listening, you rock. Thank you again. I hope you all dose yourself with some vitamin joy and spread some to others this week.